Welcome to the anointed teaching preached at Church 316, the youth arm of the Fountain of Life Church. We hope that you be blessed as you listen to this message. It's not easy to, to come and preach, even though you climb the altar almost every Sunday, but coming to preach is a different ballgame. Um, so it's going to be, well, like say a sermon or more of an encouragement to someone. But first of all, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word that you have filled my mouth with, Lord. As I speak, Lord, it will not be me, Lord, it will be you in Jesus' name. Lord, for everyone that has an expectation, they will not leave empty in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, when I got brief testimony, so Pastor Bissier told me that I was going to be ministering on Monday night. And of course, I was shocked. Man, at least you'd have given me small notice, but five days. So she told me Monday night, but Tuesday morning, I just felt ill. I started throwing up. It didn't make any sense because there was, no, there was no reason why. There was no indication. There was nothing. And I was going to send her a message that, ah, man, I'm not feeling fine. No, maybe I'll not be able to preach this Sunday. But the Holy Spirit said, eh, Sunday is still about five days away. So you plan on being sick for five days that you won't come to church to preach. But, you know, I just kept on striving, you know, taking medication. And we thank God I'm here. The devil that did not want me to encourage this person is a liar. Amen. So um, we're still going to be dabbling into grace because that's the theme that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now. And when I was, I asked the Holy Spirit, okay, so how, where do we start from? Or where do we even enter? Because we've expanded grace a lot in the past maybe two, three months-ish. And um, the Holy Spirit just downloaded this something to me. So I'll be, the title of this encouragement is The Promise Gap. The Promise Gap. Amen. Um... I would like us to open our Bibles to Genesis 28. I would like to read the, oh, let me see if I can read the entire chapter. If I can't, we'll jump. Genesis chapter 28. It's a script, it's a passage that we all know. It's a Bible story that I know that if they wake anybody up from sleep, you'll be able to tell. So if I don't, if I can't read the whole chapter, I will jump some parts. Yeah. So as he called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, you shall not take, sorry mistake. Sorry, Genesis 27. Okay. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see. He called Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son, and he answered him, here I am. Then he said, behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Make me savory food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game to make me savory f- and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you, Go now to the flock, bring for me two choice kids of goats, and I will make savory food for, for, from them for your father such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it, 
and that he may bless you before his death. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will fill me, and it shall seem to be a, and I shall be, seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse to myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Obey my voice and go get them from me. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goat on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she gave the savory food and the bread, which she had prepared to the hand of her son Jacob. Then he went to his father, Father, here I am. And then father said, who are you, my son? Um... Then Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have just done as you told me. Please arise, eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. Then we'll skip. So the other part is, oh, trying to convince daddy that daddy is me. It's not, daddy is me, Esau. It's not Jacob, that kind of thing. So we just jump to verse 20, no. Okay, verse 28, yeah. Verse 28, therefore, may God give you the dew of heaven. So this is when um, Isaac was blessing Jacob or Esau in quotes. Therefore, may God give you the dew of heaven, of the feathers of fatness of the earth, and plenty grain and wine. Let the people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's son bow down to you. Be cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed to everyone that blesses you. Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came from his hunting. He had also made savory food and brought it to his father, and said to his father, Let my father arise, eat of my son's, eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. And then the father said, Oh, but I've prayed for you, and said, Oh, no, you didn't pray for me, I just came, and yeah, the rest is history. Amen. So, we're still talking about grace, but we're going to come from a, from a different angle, but a, a different angle. So in the preceding chapters where Esau and Jacob were first introduced, they came as twins, and Rebekah received the promise. It was Rebekah, the mother, that received the promise that, yes, they are twins, but there will be rivalry. There will always be sibling rivalry. And not, not only will there be sibling rivalry, but the older son, twins, the title of the twins, firstborn, will be servant to his kende. So firstborn will be servant to his secondborn, or to his younger brother. And you know, this is still early scriptures of the Bible, and we know that in this day, you know, they really respected you know, the hierarchy of, the, of their ages and or who is servants to who, all these things were very significant. But Rebecca, even before they were conceived, you know, when she was pregnant with them, the Holy Spirit had already told her of this promise. So now before these children had even come to being, there was already a predestined assignment for them, right? So now we'll be talking about grace. And we've, Pastor Bissoy has defined grace in different ways, right? Grace is, un, is unmerited divine assistance that is given to humans for their regeneration. It is a virtue coming from God. Before Esau and Jacob came, 
Jacob was already on an assignment. He already had a promise, right? So this guy was already graced. So now this is supposed to trump the misconception that um, the Old Testament is strictly for the law and the New Testament is strictly for grace. People in the Old Testament also experienced grace. And we can see that here in the life of Jacob. So we know the story of when Esau went out to the field and came back and how he traded his birthright for food. And it's, at that point for me, you know, it was, it was mind-boggling because I, the Bible does not exactly state that maybe Esau and Jacob hated each other. Maybe they were always at loggerheads or they were always fighting. It doesn't say that. After the promise after the, um, the promise that was given to Rebecca over her children, then we now see, that's when we now flipped over to, oh, the, um, Esau went out and traded his birthright and all of that. Esau was his father's favorite. He was the alpha male. He was a hunter. He was a farmer. He was hairy. I can imagine him looking like Pastor Jay, you know, with all the muscles. He could kill. He could hunt. And Jacob was his mother's baby. He was tender. He was always at home. So, of course, there was already a divide. There was already a divide, but there was a promise that God gave. And the promise was that Jacob was going to be head over Esau, right? Follow me. We're going somewhere. Has it ever happened that the Lord would give a promise and his word would fall to the ground? No. But we see here that Rebekah and, and um, Jacob, they had a plan, in quotes. Not stated here, but they had a plan, in quotes. Now, it's very absurd for... I have an older brother. There's no rivalry. But it would be very absurd for my brother to go to work and come home and uh, Bisola, me, I'm always at home. Oh. Bisola, I'm hungry. I'm re- I had a really long day. I want to eat. And the next thing that comes to my mind is, okay, if you want to eat, the Banana Island house that daddy left, that wants to give you, give it to me. It, it does not add up. It's not something that just comes on the spur of the moment. So that means there was obviously a plan. Rebecca would obviously have told Jacob, who is her favorite, that, see, God said that you are going to be head over your brother. So at that point, there was going to be every reason why he, by himself, Jacob, was going to make, how would I put it, was going to fast track it by himself. God gave the promise, but he, by himself, okay, God has given the promise. How am I going to make you work? Not how is God going to do it? How am I going to make it work? So there was a point where, okay, he's asking me for food now. Let me use that one to collect birthrights from him. That one collected it. I'm sure Esau did not think, any, think much of, ah, Shebi is just Banana Island. Oh yeah, now, let's go. I'm sure he didn't think that Jacob was serious about it, but it was very significant. Now, we'll jump to um, this passage where we now started doing the blessing. Again, Rebecca was the one that God told this promise. Rebecca was the one that God told about these children, right? But we can see that she decided to take matters into her own hands. We have all received promises. Now, let's not even just come from, oh, what's your promise for the year? Oh, that what is in the Bible? Yes, those ones are good. But you know, there are some 
promises that some of us hold very dear to our hearts that you know God told you. A personal promise. And it's looking like, God, but you told me, but I'm not seeing it. God told Rebecca, and it was still like, okay, this my, uh, my baby boy, Jacob, is still baby boying. Esau is still his father's pride and joy. How is this going to work? She decided by herself to play God, or no, not to play God, to help God. Now, not just in helping God. Not, she did not just help God, normal God helping. She now, she now decided to trick her husband. She was barren, no? Her husband prayed she had baby. She now decided to trick her husband into blessing her baby boy, her Jacob. Not against, oh, not, not having any um, bad impression that, oh, okay, because I love Jacob so much. No, in her bid to help God fulfill the promise that God by himself came to tell her. Was the promise fulfilled? Eventually, yes, it was, because God's word did not fall to the ground. But what was the ripple effect? Now, there was sibling rivalry. I do not know what to get anybody to the point where he would be out to kill his brother. But Esau swore he was going to kill that boy. Now, Jacob, hot boy, ah, he wasn't married, he fled. Jacob became a fugitive because of one, the tricking to, no, no, not even the tricking. First of all, trying to buy his way into the promise or bribe his way into the promise that God gave him, one. Now, trying to trick his father or trick God, in quotes, to say, okay, ah, well, God, sharp, sharp, now this is what I've done. Let me help you to do it. Since you're not doing it, let me do it for you. After all of that, he had to run. He became a fugitive. Hmm. All of this to help God fulfill his promise. So, all the things that have happened. Rebecca that loved Jacob so much, loved him so much that she was willing to lie to her husband. She was willing to risk losing her first son. Did not see Jacob again. Because when she heard that Esau was plotting to kill him, she told Jacob to run. And the Bible records that she didn't see her son again. So now she has lost Jacob. Then Esau now is on a hunt to go and kill him. All because she was trying to help God fulfill the purpose that he himself opened his mouth to say. What is God saying to you? What has God said to you? I know it is difficult for us sometimes to, to receive promises. I'm in the waiting room and God, sharp, sharp. God, sharp, sharp. Now, 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 now. And it looks like we're not seeing it. But what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? Okay. So now, Esau went to, he fled to his, his uncle's house, he got married, and guess what? It's the same trick he tricked his father. It's the same trick that they tricked him. When they now tricked him, they gave him fake wife. He wanted wife B, they gave him wife A. Isn't that what he did to his father? He now complained. First, you know the pain. He now complained, and I mean, this was all, if they had just respected God and not tried to play God, all this would not have happened. God would never, God will never want you to twist, would I say, to be dubious, to twist the law, to twist, um, to, how would I put this? 
thank you to Manova. If God says that, ah, Bissola is going to be president today, and I, ent- I said, oh, PDP, not PDP, AAA, I'm doing AAA, um, I did president, I ran for president today, I did not get it. I ran for president next year, I didn't get it. President the following year, I didn't get it. And now say, oh, because I want to rig, because I want to, God has told me that, oh, that I'm going to be the president, I will now go and rig an election. Anything I see, anything I see after that, faces like that. What is God telling, what has God told us? What is the promise that God has told us? God does not need us. He's, he has the, he, let me open the Bible, please. That you, it will not be as if we don't know what we are saying. Please open our, let's open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40 from verse, um, verse 10. Sorry, Isaiah 46, 10. It says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. My counsel shall stand and I, not you will help me do. I, that said my counsel shall stand, I will do it. So what is God telling us? What is that promise that we are holding on to God for? That is like, we are walking, say, okay, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. And there is darkness, and you are saying, God, I'm afraid. Should I jump out? Or maybe, um, he has said, you walk through the valley of death, okay, let me jump out. Or, okay, let me put on torchlights so that I can see it. Or, let me use aeroplane, I will fly over the valley of, no. You will, he has given us his word. He has given us a promise for us to hold on to. Let us not by ourselves use our own hand to try to play God, the God that knows the end from the beginning. Let us not by ourselves try to play God over our lives that we will now use the gain or look at the gain that God wants to give us and then we will now use it to forsake every other promise that he may have in store for us. Amen? Okay. So, rounding up, very short, rounding up. We may ask that, okay, so what, when in our waiting period, what should we do? How do we encourage ourselves when it looks like it's not working or the promise is not coming? Be patient. Just wait. You can, for lack of time, you can read Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36, Hebrews 11, 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Wait. Just, God has told you he would do it. He would do it. Just Wait. Number two, don't try to help God. You can see the, um, we saw, this happened Abraham and Sarah. When they gave Abraham and Sarah the promise, Sarah tried to help God and they had Ishmael. Guess what? The help, that, the help Sarah, that tried to help God is the same maid that she chased out. I'm sure that maid was giving Sarah, showing her pepe, that, hey, Chebi gave me your husband. I slept with him. I have baby. I'm now madam, raising shoulder pad. I am sure. But see the ripple effect. I'm sure the the, the maid gave her a hot time in the house. When God has given you a promise, don't try to help him. Don't try to help him. The third one is live. Live your life. Some people, when they receive God's promises, they just sit down. You know, there is waiting. Waiting is, oh, you're not just waiting and not doing anything. 
you're still moving on with your life, you're still doing other things, you're still praying, you're still hopeful. Some people just, they receive the promise, you'll be fruitful and multiply, and you will sit down in your house thinking the fruitfulness will just fall on you. The multiplication will just fall on you. No. There's some promises, yes, that we will need your imputes, that you will need to do something, but the Lord will tell you the strategy. It's not you coming up with it by yourself. So even when God has given you a promise, yes, you will wait on him. Yes, you would wait on him, but it's not the, not the time that because, oh, he said that you will be abundant. I'm not going to walk because manna will just fall and I will just eat and I will build house. It does not work like that. Our God is still a God of principle. Even as much as God is a God of principle, God will not do shortcuts. He will accelerate. When I say shortcuts, it's not that, oh, you will not, he would not, there won't be the grace to bypass things, but not, not shortcuts. He will not cut corners. Yeah, that is the word. God will not cut corners. He's a God of principle, but he will not cut corners. So what is it? I don't know who God sent me for here today. Sent me here for today. He has given you a promise. And it is looking like you are about to make a decision that goes against God's will. You are about to make a decision that you are saying you are trying to help God so that he can do it for you. God said I should tell you to just calm down. God said I should tell you to just calm down. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Don't help him. And you will see him do it for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit www.vchurch316.org. God bless you.